a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. Mm, I am your host, Hemahe Mooley Jr. And joining me as always on the ones and twos, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Haken. We are back again. I don't know where I'm going. Sorry, <laughs> I always feel awkward coming in. You're like, hi. Hi, that's me. Yep, I'm Zach. <laughs> Um, no, happy to be here. Happy to be talking some sports with my main man, Hems. Hems? I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, no, I'm excited. We have a big week coming up this week. Busy, busy, busy. Yes, it's very busy. We have, um, I mean, starting off tomorrow, we got sure. high school football state championships mm-hmm. for 4A, 5A, 6A. We got a jazz game. The Utes are in action against Ohio. Running news, excuse me. Yeah. And then, we, of course, we have football games going on. Utah State hosting Boise State. The tilt for the Mountain West crown. Mm-hmm. Mountain West Mountain Division crown. Uh, BYU is playing on a channel that apparently you have to pay $20 <laughs> a month to get. Brought to you by Progressive Auto Insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Flow. It's, it's such a – I don't understand it. Yeah. Like – we were looking at the website today because we got to roll on the uh, highlights for Saturday. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so bad. Yeah. It doesn't look great. Also, the Utes, uh, the football team is in action. They're down in Tucson this weekend uh, as they continue their pursuit for a Pac-12 South title. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, speaking of a website that you don't have to pay for to visit, <laughs> our podcast, Sports Beat After Hours, is powered by kslsports.com. The latest and greatest and neatest and treatest. I don't know. It's a treat to visit <laughs> oh, kslsports.com. Uh, I got to give a, a shout out to all the hard work that our team, our digital team puts in on the daily. They're killing it. Yeah. We got we got Nate, Madison, Kyle, Trevor, Tom. Sometimes like Sam contributes. Sometimes Jeremiah contributes. Sometimes mm-hmm. you and I contribute. Sometimes Matt does a thing or two. And, uh, yeah, so shout out to those guys and thank you for everything that they do and, uh, helping grow our sports department. It's been a lot of fun, but we're coming up on, well, I guess we're over a year now that the sites existed, mm-hmm. but it's been a good year. I feel like, yeah, it's a, we've a lot of, uh, learning curves, but a lot of growth 
both individually and uh, together as a team. So it's been great. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun, especially with the uh, resurrection of uh, Sports Beat After Hours. Yeah, I've, two point I I've been pretty happy to uh, be back and talking with you. And um, I think today, though, uh, I don't know. I like almost want to flip a coin about what we want to talk about, but I know people okay. probably aren't interested in high school football right now. <laughs> sure, um, they're more interested in what's going on with the Jazz. That's true. Um, the Jazz are going on a tear right now. I mean, they've uh, they after losing to Timberwolves, they went back and spanked them at their place. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, Donovan Mitchell had some choice words for people sitting on the front row. That was kind of fun too. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, do you want to talk j- high school really quick, and then we'll go to Jazz? Okay, let's do that. Okay, let's do it real quick. Uh, so. Um, the, the three matchups for tomorrow in six, a we have corner Canyon and American Fork. corner Canyon is a heavy, heavy favorite. Yeah. Already played earlier this year. Corner Canyon won by 31. I think the final score is 59 to 28. Um, big factor in this one though. Corner Canyon is without Austin Bell at star running back. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to see if that makes a huge difference in this one. It didn't really against Lone Peak. They kind of rolled Lone Peak, but mm-hmm. Lone Peak didn't really do themselves a whole bunch of favors, turn the ball a whole lot, yeah. ball over a whole lot. Um, but I I don't know. I, I'm always happy when we could get a potential offensive shootout, which is what we could possibly see in this American Fort Corner Canyon game. Mm-hmm. And it's not taking away from Corner Canyon's defense. They're very good. Right. They have... By my count, I think four or five guys that have big time like P five D one offers. Mm-hmm. Um, but American Fork's just a really fun offensive team. Yeah. Um, just if if um, th- there are two teams that offensively, like if you want to l- learn how to run a really effective like spread offense. Yeah. At tempo, it's Corner Canyon and American Fork. Yes. And so I'm just excited for that matchup. Um, do you have any thoughts on it? No. You covered Corner Canyon a little bit this year. Yeah, Corner Canyon's really good. Um, they have a chance to go undefeated this season. Second um, year in a row. Second year in a row. Yeah. Up a class, which is crazy. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what shakes out. I don't really have a dog in the fight, but it's been fun covering Corner Canyon this year. And, uh, yeah, I just want a good game. Just want a good game. Um, yeah, we didn't really have many good games in the semifinals last week. Um, no. Speaking of which, this one's going to be kind of heated, I feel like, the 5A matchup. It's Orm and Timpview. Oh, for sure. Um, Orm, uh, they are back-to-back state champs at the 4A level. They mm-hmm. move up to 5A, um, looking to see if they can get the state championship um, after making the jump. They beat Tempview, I think it was 28-7 to the first time that they played. Maybe it was 28-10. Um, that was uh, like five or six weeks ago. Mm. Um, Tempview's kind of a, been a little bit of a different team. I feel like they finally found their identity yeah. in, this, in the playoffs. And it's that they're gonna a team that will run the ball 45, 50 times a game mm-hmm. because passing isn't really their strength right now. Um, but they can run the ball really effectively. And uh, we saw Targi Lamps and tear it up. Yeah. Um, in the semifinals last week, he scored four touchdowns and rushed for like 227 yards or something like that. Crazy. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that'll be a good matchup. Again, two two heavy-hitting teams. 
with players from each side that have like D one offers. It's gonna be it's gonna yeah. be a good well, and they have the best player in the state too, Noah Sewell for sure. Uh, Orem does. Excuse me. This this game will feature the best player in the state. He'll be on the Orem side. Um, he's a guy. He's a five star uh, athlete. Uh, plays running back, linebacker. He literally just is from an athletic standpoint. He's like. 270 pounds, but mm-hmm. runs like a 4.640. Kids just bounce off of him. Um, he stiff arms kids, and they're just like breaking yeah. their necks. It's like a it's like a grown man playing. <laughs> no, like literally, it was like yeah. if you went out and played um, football against like six year olds. For like, sure, that's what it looks like. That's sometimes. what it looks like. And then not only that, they have an explosive return game with uh, Buju Tuisvura. Uh, very fun to watch. You never know when he's going to break a long run. Um, but he's also stifling uh, player on defense too, so it's going to be a really physical game. It's going to be great to watch for sure. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, a lot of guys who have D one offers, both sides of the ball. Um, Raider Demuni, mm-hmm. Logan Fano, Logan Peely, all those guys play for Tim View, and um, they have very big offers. They have a good yep. defense, so it'll be a fun one. And then in four A, uh, it is Park City and Skyview. Yeah. Um, this game, actually, these two teams didn't play each other this year, but they did last year in the playoffs. Park City upset Skyview last year. Skyview was the number one overall seed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Park City went up to Smithfield and beat them on Skyview's home field 15-14. to 14. Things kind of got heated a little bit ugly. There was a fight that actually <laughs> broke out. Um, after a turnover, a Skyview player stomped on... Um, a Park City player's helmet while mm. he was on the ground. So he like stomped on his head. Those two guys are back. Awesome. Um and so I'm gonna be interested to see uh you know how that shakes out. How that shakes out. Um also Park City is undefeated too, which is crazy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is actually like a low key like these aren't sexy names right. for high schools, but this is actually a really good matchup. Park mm. City might be one of the more physical. Well, they're probably the one of the top three most physical teams I've pl- seen play this year. Uh-huh. Um, I haven't seen Skyview a ton, but they just have great athletes, and it all starts with Mason Falls. Love. Yeah. Um. He's a he's a commit to the running Utes. He's going to continue his athletic career playing basketball, but he's a great football player too. He plays yeah. wide receiver, and um, yeah, I'm excited for that one. That one. Be good. Like, if I had to pick a game to go to, I think it would be. That Park City Skyview game. Yeah, I think so too. Because it's I don't know, for me, it's like you you don't see that matchup too often, and you know evidence of that they didn't play this year. So to, they didn't play against each other this year. So yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, all those games are gonna be great, 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 and all the coverage will be seen tomorrow night, uh, Friday night. Yeah, on Sportsbeat Channel Five. It's gonna be great. We're gonna have it everything covered. All the best moments from uh, all the championship games can be awesome. And so. then we'll go a little bit more in depth on Saturday. It's six for Game Night Live. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys check that out. Our social media, um, we put out highlights of all the games on there, um, live score updates and stuff like that. It's at KSL Sports on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, just want to give a shout out to again to uh, Kyle and Trevor. They'll be up there doing that tomorrow. Um, Hema, we won't be up there, though. Nope. Um, I'm going to be boarding a flight to Tucson. Yep. Following the Utes on, uh, like I said earlier, their road to a Pac-12 championship. But you're mm-hmm. going to be over Vivint Smart Home Arena. Yep. Uh, setting things up for a big 
Um, I guess this is actually a big matchup. It, historically, it's a big historically matchup. it's a big matchup. But you know what? Anytime the Jazz have an opportunity to gain momentum, um, I think it's big. And you know, this is they're playing the Warriors. Right. Um, this is a this is a gimme game. Sure. Um, it's the first night of a back to back. Um, I think that the honestly the Jazz need to be able to put this one away in probably early in the third quarter. Yeah. I don't know that you want your starters um playing more than twenty five minutes in this game. Yeah. Um, especially with it being at home. I know they kind of struggled to put away the Warriors last time, but no there's no D'Angelo Russell this time. Yep. Still no Steph, still no Clay. Jazz are still healthy for the most part. Just Ed Davis missing. Dante Exum's back. This is this is actually a game that's going to be valuable for Dante Exum to kind of ease his for way sure. back in the lineup. That's and that's what I was going to say. Is it's going to be a game that's crucial for bench players. I think the bench players need to get their reps. Um, we've been seeing this like slow evolution of the starters working out. You know their set pieces and like. Uh, their plays and like how they're meshing with each other or whatever, and it's kind of coming together. But now it's it's time for our bench players to start getting that feeling too, especially Dante Exum because Dante Exum is special. I am still on Exum Island. I think he's going to be a good player for the Jazz this season. Um, up until the trade deadline. Up up until he, we need to get top dollar for this guy. Um, I don't. Yeah, like I think you're right. I don't think Exum can't stick around, even though I love him because. We have a lot of big contracts coming up in the next two years that I'd rather have than Dante Well, Exum. and here's the thing. I mean, we could go into the whole salary cap thing. I think right. the Jazz have space just because of the soft cap. But in my opinion, I think the Jazz see this season as a win-now opportunity. Yeah. And I think they know that they're still one piece away. And just from everything that the Jazz have, the most movable contract salary-wise um, – is Dante's contract. And so yeah. as you approach the trade deadline, um, you know, if there's someone who's trying to offload a little bit of salary or get rid of someone who, um, or it may, if they're looking for, to get rid of short-term salary, uh, in exchange for someone who's could be more of a corner piece, yeah. depending on how Dante plays, I think that could work out. Um, cause I don't think the jazz, the jazz won't move Joe. No, Jazz aren't going to move Rudy. They won't move Donovan, obviously. Um, there's no way that they're going to move Mike no, he just or Bojan. Like Those guys are corner pieces right now to what the Jazz are going to be in the future. Yeah. Um, and Jeff Green and Emmanuel Moutier and Ed Davis, their contracts just aren't valuable trade pieces right now. Right. So it'll be interesting to see you know, if the Jazz decide to make a move. I... I, I think they have to. I think they realize that, but I I don't think they're in a panic mode. No. Um. And so they're just going to wait it out and see how this team continues to develop because what they do every year is they make a late run, and luckily for them, they've been off to a great start. This is Absolutely. the best start that they've had in a decade. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, even including those frustrating losses, the loss to yeah. the Kings, the um, the Lakers and Clippers losses are just frustrating. But, but those are to be Lakers expected. They're yeah. the Lakers and the Clippers. Um. The Jazz has split with the Clippers this year, and then the one that was just weird was that game against the Timberwolves on Monday night. But and, well, and even the Grizzlies game the Friday true. night before that was just the Grizzlies more so for me because I mean 
Carl Anthony Towns went for like almost 30 points, a bunch of well, threes. And the thing is, too, is the, the Jazz and Timberwolves always play this game um, where they basically play like uh, play each other, not back-to-back nights, but back-to-back games. Yeah. And they just flip home venues, and they mm-hmm. always split for some reason. Always. Um, and then the Jazz will end up winning the season series. Like last year when this happened, Derrick Rose scored 50. Yeah. I think, and then the Jazz had won like two nights before that, or maybe it was two nights after, but... Derrick Rose scored 50 in front of his home crowd. Yeah. Um, it's weird. Yeah, it's just – it's a weird series that they do every year. Um, the Memphis game, the Jazz just always seem to struggle oddly with yeah. Memphis. Even I, if we take their best player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the thing that – I think um, everything that was affiliated with Mike Conley returning just kind of yeah, like threw the team balance off and kind of got in his head a little bit and it just – I don't know. I just don't think that they ever really were able to get in a groove. I don't know if it was because of that. I don't know if it was other things. They were coming off of two days of rest. And that was the thing that was concerning to me was the two days of rest. You you should Should ideally be able to, you know, work on some things and be ready, be completely study up on the scouting report. But then John Morant just kind of blows away. He's amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. I think – sorry, I know we're going in a million different directions, but this is my last – you're point good. before we go back to the Jazz um, and what's coming up. But John Morant, man. Yeah. I think he is uh, – he's a he's a future NBA superstar. For sure. I just think his skill set is amazing. Um, I'm excited to see how he continues to develop. I mean, this, this Memphis team has a really good young core. Yeah. Um, and I think they're probably going to add one or two more pieces – in the next couple of years, just depending on, I don't think that they're going to be probably be a lottery team again. I don't know how low, yeah. Um, but I I think they'll be able to add, you know, some pieces over the next couple of years, and they'll be pretty good. But yeah, um, as, yeah. As frustrating as that game is, like for me, it's like cool. If you guys are going to lose, lose right now. Yeah, you know, and I think that's what the Jazz are kind of doing. They're getting all the losing out of their system. Um, and Saturday, when the Warriors come to town, I fully expect the Jazz to just get take care of business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go in, get the job done. First half, start to put it out of reach. Third quarter, ice the game, and then put in all the backups. Like that's that's exactly yeah. what I want to see. And and the thing too, what I want to see with this is, you know what, Tony Bradley struggled. Yeah, let him get some good minutes and mm-hmm. time that he can continue to grow because. It hasn't worked out in in crunch time when they've really needed him. Right. Um, you know, a big part of the reason that that Memphis game happened was because he was abused. He he struggled there's in the a, post. There's and, a big talent gap between him and Rudy. Yeah, and <clears throat> I I do think that we maybe overshoot um, the ability of someone to contribute because of how good Rudy is and how right. good our previous backup center was and right. Derek. Um. And Ed Davis is still really good, but, you know, he's not a Derek. Mm-hmm. Tony Bradley's not a Derek. And so, <clears throat> yeah, I think getting Tony Bradley, Dante Exum, and Emmanuel Moutier good minutes is mm-hmm. super important. And even George Niang. George Niang has kind of fallen out of the rotation a little bit. Yeah. Um, Jeff Green seems like, like, this is a game that you get Jeff Green, like, 27, 28 minutes. Yeah. Let him find a groove and just kind of... Um, get used to like the system because it seems like he's either on or he's off. Oh, absolutely. Um, just, and part of it, I think, is 
just because he hasn't been able to find consistent playing time that he's used to. I agree. Um, but yeah, Moutier and and Dante. I just want to continue to see development out of them. Have those guys just shoot a ton of threes, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially George. Remember when last year during the playoffs, he was great. Yeah, he was. He was great off the bench. But I think you're right. I think it's because he got all those minutes during the season with, you know, uh, all the injuries we had last season. Um, so, yeah, I think they're just out of practice. This is a deep squad now. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy when George Niang doesn't even crack the too deep. <laughs> yeah, like there are guys who were in the rotation last year for a very good team that have completely fallen out. Um, and I mean, part of it's just a different composition. They've tightened up the rotation a little bit because they have guys that they absolutely trust that they know if it comes to crunch time minutes, like these are the seven or eight guys that they're going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you want to see is like the guys who are on the end of the bench continue to get opportunities to develop. And so that's, that's what's important for that game against Golden State on Friday. Saturday, they have a quick turnaround. They play New Orleans, and it's actually it's the homecoming of Derek Favors. And I am I'm so sad. I'm going to be down in Tucson to miss this. Um, I don't know if Derek's going to play because he he has missed some time recently with back spasms. Yeah, but I'm sure the Jazz have something really special planned for Derek. Um, there are a few guys that are beloved the way that he is in the in this community. Um, you know, he, he was the face of the new look jazz after they moved D. Well, I mean, they, they were straight up exchanged for each other and he was a cornerstone, the core four. He was that cornerstone that they wanted to build the franchise around. And mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to have him back. And I, I just really want him to feel the love that Salt Lake has for him and all the jazz fans have for him. Cause he really was so important um, over the last decade or so. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm excited to see um Derek Favors again in Salt Lake City. But Zach, don't worry. You will not have to worry about missing Derek Favors on Saturday because I just looked this up. Tony Jones, um, at Tony Jones on the NBA two hours ago, just barely, um, says that New Orleans Pelicans power forward Derek Favors will not make the trip to Salt Lake City. So, no. Yeah. So he's not going to be here. <laughs> Which is kind of a bummer because I wanted to see him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I guess we'll have to wait, and hopefully you'll be in town for for that return for Derek Favors. But, uh, yeah. Shoot. It's all good. Well, dang. Um, I'm really bummed about that. Yeah. But, again, I think this is a very winnable game for the Jazz. Um, the Pelicans are playing the Suns right now. They're leading, at this moment, 122 to 115 in the fourth quarter. Um but, yeah, I mean, it's it's another winnable game. The Jazz are really good at home. Um, and then, basically after that, the Jazz are going to go on a five-game road swing um, where they have some really important games that they need to go win. Yeah. Um, if they want to make a case to be one of the best teams, not only in the in the Western Conference, but in the entire NBA. They played the Bucks, Pacers, Grizzlies, Raptors, and 76ers. Oh, wow. Come home for a three-game swing. That's basically, that puts them up through... Uh, December 2nd. Okay. So through the end of the month, they won't be back um, after Saturday for the rest of the month. So, Some um, games in there. Yeah, kind of a, a big swing. Um, they play five games in six days. What? Oh, man. Five games in seven days on that road trip. 
Yikes. Yeah. You're right. That is an important uh, week. <laughs> so we got the Sixers. Um, always tough. The Raptors are no pushover. Um, I mean, they're not the same team that they were not last the same, year. But true. But if in such a tight game window, um, that might be something to look out for. And then, oh, see, this is brutal. Okay. Yeah, this is pretty brutal, man. So they play at Toronto, and then the next day they have to go down to Philadelphia and play the 76ers. Okay. Second night of a back-to-back. The thing that Tough. sucks about going in and out of Toronto is customs that you have to deal with. Right. And then that's not it's a sh- it's not a super short flight. Right. But it's not like an easy flight either. It's not just like a little puddle jumper. It's a couple yeah. hours. So man, that wouldn't be surprised if they went like two and three on this trip, to be honest. That's a best case scenario, maybe. I'd say best case scenario is four and one. Realistically is two and three though. Because how many back to backs do they have in a just row? the one. Just the one back to back and mm-hmm. then everything's pretty spread out. Man, that's a tough. At least it's at the beginning, and then who's their last game in this? Um, so, so trip? the back and back is actually their last game, last two games oh, of the trip. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I jumped that's ahead. No, they good. start against Milwaukee, then they go to Indiana, then okay. they play the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's difficult. Yeah. Yeah, two and three would be. I'd be okay with that actually. Um, yeah, that's rough, man. So I think it is important then that the. Jazz take care of business with these next two games. Um, the Pelicans are going to be difficult, um, but they need to play smart. They can't get banged up. Can you imagine going into this road trip like without Rudy or something like that? Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they gotta they gotta play smart, and manage themselves these next two games. Um, cool. Anything else you want to say about the Jazz? Yeah, actually, you know what? I think it's time for us to take a quick break. Okay. Um, but when we come back, I'm going to tell you why I think Mike Conley's finally turned the corner and uh, we don't really have to worry too much about the slump that he's had to start the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you why Tyler Huntley is going to win the Heisman. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, so on the subject of Mike Conley, he had a horrible October. Yes. He was 32% from the field, 28% from three. Okay. He's still not quite up to the level that you expect from him. But in the month of November, he's shooting 39% from the field, 36% from three. That's a 7% and 8% increase. Okay. Okay. He went from averaging 12 points per game to 16.4 points per game. He's averaged double digits, or he scored double digits in all but one game. That was against the Clippers back on November 3rd, where he was, that was his worst game of the month. Second worst was actually his return to Memphis, where he was 5 of 19. Um, But I think that he's finally started to kind of see where he fits in this offense. Especially, I think the big turn was that um, the game against Milwaukee was big. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of helped him get his confidence back. They turn around the, the next Monday. They play Golden State. 
he dishes out seven assists. Okay. Since then, he's had five or more assists in five of the la- or four of the last five games. Okay, awesome. Which I I I don't know. I think that's a pretty big turnaround. Yeah, and I think. Um, do you have the assist per, by month on there? If you want to look at that, yeah. Is there so a assist, there actually so is a pretty big okay. difference. Um, it's one point nine. He went from uh, or excuse me, he went from. Oh, it's actually still pretty even because he only had one assist against the Clippers, two assists against the Seventy uh, Sixers, three against the Bucks. That's fine because we still have a big chunk of this month left over. Um, I think that I think you're absolutely right. I think his. He's basically up to like six assists per game um, over the last five games. So I think you're right with the way his game has changed. I think one of the biggest reasons, and you mentioned this a little bit before, is that he's been finding the open man. He's been doing that extra pass thing that Jazz offenses are known for. Um, whereas in October, like I, th- I feel like he felt like he needed to jack the threes. I feel like he felt like that was why he was brought in here as well was to to increase the three point average of the team. But now that we all know very well that Boyan is actually the three guy, he's the sharpshooter. I think Conley is kind of recognizing that. So he's driving into the paint more, finding that extra pass, finding the open three. Um, And, you know, every once in a while he'll hit the threes that he needs to hit. But I, I think that's probably the biggest change in his game from October to now is, uh, He's kind of dishing a little bit more. Uh, it remains to be seen, and like you said, the numbers are kind of even right now, but the month isn't over yet, and so I think that he's going to increase that, um, especially against this next game. In this next game against the Warriors, he should be dishing and dealing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I like that. I think Mike Conley's kind of finding his rhythm. Boyan's been unbelievable. Even when he had slump days, like he'll bounce back the next day. Well, and he he finds his spots, too. Mm -hmm. Um, If he's slumping, he can still make a big play in in a spot that he's needed. Um, I'm just – the frustrating thing, but, like, the thing that I'm optimistic for at the same time is, like, the Jazz haven't been able to figure it out offensively yet, but at the same time, like, it's a scary thought to think about what they could do once they actually do because, man, if you get a game where three of the, like, five guys that are, like – Big big time scores get yeah. going. That's scary to think about. Like sure. they like like we've talked about. Um, so they have four guys who are number one options on their teams last year: mm-hmm. Donovan, uh, Conley, Bojan, and uh, uh, Moutier. Yeah. Um, Rudy averaged, you know, I, I think it was like close to like fifteen points per game or something last year. Um. And he's a great threat on the pick and roll. He just hasn't there. You can see the growth in the pick and roll. I, teams are starting to defend it a little bit differently. They're dropping the big, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that's kind of where Rudy's having trouble. And then a lot of times too, um, when Conley's like the ball handler, I don't. He ran the pick and roll a little bit different in Memphis. He used it as a way to open up the lane for himself, right? But when Rudy's crashing to the basket and the big's dropping with him and Conley's driving the lane, yeah, there's not a whole lot of space there for him. And so I think that's kind of why you've seen him struggle in the mid-range. Um, yeah. Just because um, 
it's, it's, he's just playing with a different big than he has in his career. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, as he gets used to this, I think they're picking up. Um, I mean, in all reality, I don't think we should have expected them to be rolling immediately, but right. they're starting to pick it up and starting to flow really well. I feel like, I think you're right. I think the biggest thing is like, so last game, biggest takeaway for me is the jazz, their offense is there. You can see it starting to form, but they were really sloppy. Joe Ingles turned the ball over like three times just off the dribble. Like someone mm-hmm. just poked it away from him. Um, and then Rudy missed like three or four lobs. Like uh, most of them were from Conley. Mm-hmm. But I just remember that Rudy just wasn't hitting the lobs like he usually does, um, dunking those down. And I think you're right because I'm bringing it back to kind of like the system, the whole system thing of how they use the bigs where um, Conley is like doing the, driving down the lane floater or lob to, to Rudy. And they still got to figure that out. Joe Ingles was using, um, the pick and roll really effectively last night. Actually. Um, the way, the way, um, I think the way Joe Ingles runs the pick and roll is the way that Rudy's used to it. And so I think you're right. They just, they just need to mash and, um, you can see it kind of forming. And once it actually happens, dude, it's going to be scary. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. It'll be fun. Um, it'll be fun watching them take that next step against the Warriors um, before their big road their road game or I, road swing. These next two games are tune-up games <clears throat> yeah. um, before they hit that big road swing. Um, but I think that's all we're going to have for today. Uh, we just want to send it out with a quick hashtag, Huntley for Heisman. Huntley for Heisman. Um you don't have to be a Utah fan to hope no. that a local guy um, does something cool, uh, like go to New York. It, it's always better for the entire state of sports as a whole, because um, you know what you want. Maybe maybe BYU fans don't want this. You want competition <laughs> with your rivals, okay? In an ideal world, like you want a good competitive rivalry. You want some banter back and forth, and you know what? A guy getting sent to New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony, even if he doesn't win it, it's good for the program. And guess what? You're in in the trenches in these recruiting battles. You might win some, you might lose some, and then it turns onto the football field. Yeah. On the gridiron, you're battling it out. Yeah. And so that's what you want, in my opinion. You want better sports. You don't just want blowouts every single week. Right. Okay? It's not okay. fun. So I know we're opening up a can of worms here, but I think what, what Zach says is true, guys. You want the state to improve in sports. Yes. And the only way to do that is to improve. Each school needs to bring up their game and, and see where it takes them. And that's yeah. the only way for the state to get better. It makes the entire state relevant on a national level. and. You know what, BYU fans, do you want to be relevant nationally? Yes. Yeah. Utah State fans, do you want to be relevant nationally? Absolutely. Yes. Utah fans, do you want to be relevant nationally? Yes. And so stuff like this helps with that. Okay. It's good. I'm off my soapbox. <laughs> um, again, hashtag Huntley for Heisman. Uh, and we're actually going to be back tomorrow with another episode. We're going to be talking... The Mandalorian. Oh, yeah. With Matt Glade, Sam Farnsworth. We're going to try and get Jeremiah Jensen in on this action. It's going to be fun. we got a lot of Disney Plus to talk about, so hopefully you guys stick around. Thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hemi Mooley Jr. He's Zach Hicken. Good night, everybody.